right. So you were the first person that I'm doing for the kind of where are they now series, the check-in back in because you've already honor. done it. Yeah, it's yeah, good I'm, to be back. I'm excited to have you. I think Thank this you. is such a fun concept too. Of yeah. Just being able to talk about, you know, I'm excited what has, to hear. What's changed. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from other people too. Yeah. I love doing this with you because I love you. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you for having uh, me. Of course. So <laughs> let's just fill the people in on kind of what you talked about last time and okay. what your sort of main struggles were. So I did an episode on this podcast about a year ago. It's titled Spiral. Um, I talked about, God, I don't even remember what I talked about. I talked about my life before moving to Los Gatos. I talked about my fears for leaving. Um, I talked about kind of my relationship with like weed and alcohol Mm -hmm. as it was in high school. I don't know. What, do you, what yeah. even did I talk about? That's I think a, that was most of it. And then, that was the gist of it. Some yeah. body image. Yeah, some, some stuff about just like anxiety in general. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> but yeah, anyone who wants to go back and listen to that beforehand too, go for it. Yeah, like she said, it's called Spiral. Um, but yeah, let's just get into how things change because boy, how things change oh, for you. It's been a year. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's been a year. So, An interesting one. Yeah, right when you, so we recorded, it was summer, right? It or was, was it literally, I think it was like the week before I left. So okay. it was this month, last year. Oh, damn. Like around this time too, like mid-August. That's so, so crazy. It might even be like to the day. Close, like, oh my God. Super close. So yeah, so you were about to leave for school. Yeah. And then... What did fall look like for you? Oh my god, fall was a shit show. I won't <laughs> lie. Um, so I went to San Diego State, which is a very I don't know how to say this. The way I describe it to people here is that it reminded me of LGHS just on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. It was very there was a culture of like almost like elitism. And, like, there were still, as cringy as it sounds, believe me, I know, but there were still, like, quote-unquote cool kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, a ton of really bad like sexual assault like drug alcohol issues um and just like i just did not vibe with the culture there it was super weird um so the school itself was not my favorite i decided Mm -hmm. not to rush and for those listening who know anything about state that is a kind of a death sentence if you don't because you really can't do anything it's really hard to meet people it's a big school you're gonna meet some cool people no matter what you do but it was really hard to be involved socially uh without greek life which i knew it just wasn't something that i wanted to do unless i like really had to yeah also their greek their greek life in particular is like it's so bad predominantly white too super white it's also just really like fucked up yeah super toxic and like that's from an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even imagine what it's like to be on the... I know so many people at school who dropped because they were just like, this is ass. Yeah. I hate this. Um, yeah, and it was... Yeah, there's a lot of racism within Greek life, too, which is, I think, kind of just an institutional thing, but mm-hmm. especially because it's a... It's a pretty white school, too. Right. Um, like, there are sororities where... Like, you literally just will not find a single person of color in the entire... It's crazy. Um, Which, I mean, I am a person of color. (laughs) I don't know. 
Maybe you could tell by the way I'm talking about it, but... Um, you think from your voice people can may, tell? Yeah, I am a person of color. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so I just didn't... That was not for me. I decided mm-hmm. that if I really, really needed to, I would do it second semester, which I later learned is not a thing. <laughs> they don't do spring rush. Aww. So I was like, all right, I'll just do it next year, which also is not happening. Yeah, but, um, Lord. Yeah, so, so that was kind of a shit show. Just kind general. of a shit show. Yeah, the school was just not my favorite, but I was like, it's fine. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. I met some really cool people on my floor. I had some awesome friends. Went to like music festivals. It was it was fun for a while. Uh, they didn't end up being my forever people, though. Mm-hmm. What um, happened? There was never any sort of like falling out. Mm-hmm. I just... I had a lot of moments with them where I was like, I don't like the way I'm being treated. I don't like the way I'm being spoken to. Um, I have really high standards for myself, which I don't think is a bad thing. And I just felt like, you know, I'm the type of person where it's like, if you're not going to like value having me there, I'm dipping. Mm -hmm. Like, bye. And that's very much how I felt. So I distanced myself a little in an effort to like try and meet new people and experience new things which ended up being really hard because social groups were already kind of being solidified. Yeah. Like, people weren't really in the business of making new friends, which was weird. That's so it was not college. what college is supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, I felt... And I talked to other people about it, too, and they were like, yeah, I'm having the same issue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really struggling making connections because people just don't seem to want to branch out, which was weird. I think it might have just been another weird thing about that school. But, um, yeah, that was kind of... And then by spring semester I basically just was not friends with them and they were kind of my only friends <laughs> so that was a little bit of a struggle I did end up meeting some cool new people but never became super close with anyone yeah. I just don't like I never when we left when we were sent home it was almost a relief mm. as much as I hate to say it I was like I am not having a good time um so that was just the school itself right there was a whole lot of stuff going on just with me. Yeah. When did you notice that, that kind of start to slip for you? Before I left. Yeah. Totally. Like when I, I remember, one thing I remember about the day that I recorded my first episode was that I was like a mess, like an anxious mm-hmm. mess for that entire morning. Not even like for any particular reason. That's kind of just how anxiety works. But <laughs> for the weeks leading up to leaving, I just, it just got so unmanageable. Like, I put myself back in therapy, thank God, because I really don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that while I was away at school. But, um, so that's when it started to, I don't even really know how to describe it. It was, like, crazy, like, how would you describe it? It's, like, you literally just can't think about anything else. It's, like, cyclical, like, thought spirals of, like, totally just consumes your entire life. Mm Um, so for you too, did it lead to a lot of like isolation and just like, what did it kind of look like for you on a day to day basis? Oh my God. It's so, it's to the point where I like blocked it out. Like it was so bad. I'd remember, um, well I stopped smoking weed because I had a, yeah, if you listen to my last episode, (laughs) that's probably a good thing. But, um, I had to stop because, uh, I had horrible panic attacks Mm -hmm. horrible some of them even like i had like psychosis once which Mm -hmm. was so scary fucking terrifying seriously like trauma seriously like not okay not okay um so that had to stop because those panic attacks would make me 
very suicidal mm. for like days. I remember I had to come home so many times. I literally was home like every other weekend fall <laughs> semester because I was like, I am afraid of myself. I yeah. don't want to be alone right now. Mommy, I'm coming home. Yeah. Please book me a flight. Um, and people don't talk about that too. I feel like college especially is like painted to be this, you know, paradise. Totally. And at everyone struggles in the beginning for sure like i was i was oh talking God. with my aunts about this when we were at like a family thing the other day and i was talking about how um you know they were saying how like college everyone makes it out to be you know college is the best four years of your life it's yeah it's just this amazing time and they were like no it's the best like two years of your life like I when you're totally a junior and a senior you've like made your friends you like found what you're into mm-hmm. you've kind of settled in but, like, up until then, like, it's – you're still finding your footing. And I think especially, like, right when you go away this first semester, like, everyone – you know, if you're looking at Instagram, if you're looking at Snapchat, all these things, it's a fucking movie. It's the time of their lives. That was the worst. It's so hard. There were – everyone I knew from high school seemed like they were having the time of their life. Yeah. And I was like, I literally want to die. Like, yeah. I don't know what I did wrong, but I am not enjoying being alive right now. Um did you think in your head that it was something that you, like, you weren't doing or it was like you just weren't getting college right or something like that? It was a little bit of both mm-hmm. because as much as I blamed myself for like not rushing, not putting myself out there, not making more of an effort with people, I also was dealing with some tough shit yeah. internally. Like I was, it was a lot. I know I haven't been very concise talking about it, but like... No worries. It was this like, is not for con- being concise, <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> as far as my 18 almost 19 years up to this point that was my low point like it was it was bad yeah um did you think you could get that low no never in a million years Mm -hmm. i knew it could get bad i never knew it could get that bad yeah um and that's scary so scary. scary it was really scary i was terrified of myself so for the most part i was able to give myself a little bit of leeway It was more just frustrating because Mm -hmm. I was like, it sucks. Like, it makes a lot of sense that this is happening now. I'm having separation anxiety. I don't like change. That's causing anxiety. I don't have my crutch anymore. I'm not smoking weed, so that's causing anxiety. It was like a culmination of so many things that made it really difficult. And then when you are at that level of, like, one mental illness, the other one's like, hi. Don't forget about me. (laughs) Super depressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not good. Um so how did you decide, you know, I mean, obviously you were coming home and visiting a yeah. lot during that time too. Was there a point in your mind where things like shifted, where you were kind of like, look, I'm done with this after this year? Or were you still of the mindset, at least, you know, before Corona, that you were going to just like try to push it, push through it and, you know, stick it out? So the idea, even before I got to state, was this is my stepping stone. I want to transfer to a UC. Mm, Okay. Which you can't do until your junior year. Um, I think it might be different for community college, but for, like, general college trying to transfer Mm up, junior year. So my whole thing was, like, if I can't get this year right, I'll try again next year, and then if that doesn't work out, I'll leave. Like, I'm leaving anyways, but, like, at least I'll know that I'll be able to leave. So it was almost like even before, which I know sounds bad. It didn't really prevent me from wanting to, like, like build a foundation at at San Diego State, but 
I don't know, um, my parents are Indian, they always wanted more. Um, so the plan was always to transfer to like a quote unquote better school. Mm-hmm. I think I'm very much of the belief that you can kind of read the vibe of a place, like read like the energy of yeah. where you are and see if it's for you. And the second I set foot on that campus, I was just like, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, this is just not for me. Which again, I know it sounds bad. I still tried, but it just wasn't right. And like, there were so many people there that I was just like, I, I'm just not on your like. We just don't. Right. <laughs> I just. And that's gotta be hard. We're too. not like, the same. Yeah, exactly. Just different breeds. Not even in a bad way. Just yeah. like we just have different interests. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that's got like I can't imagine. It's gotta be pretty scary to like get there and have that feeling kind of right away of like, oh fuck, this is not this is not my place or like this is not what I'm feeling you know what I mean it wasn't fun I kind of I feel like I'm not the only one oh 100% not I mean even just like change on that level Mm -hmm. like you're gonna be resistant to it at the beginning um and there were a lot of people San Diego State is the school that you either love it or you hate it yeah there weren't very many people who were like yeah I guess I'll just like stay like it's Mm -hmm. fine there were people who were in love with the school and people who were like I hate it here um which is another interesting thing I don't know yeah very polarizing it's like a vortex I don't Mm know it's like parallel universe down there um does it feel real when you even talk about it no it feels like a dream not at all it feels like it didn't happen and I'm not I talk to my friends from here about their college experiences, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, that feels fake. feels like a fever dream. It's Especially because it was short-lived for so everyone. Short. I was, uh, yeah, weird. I don't so, even know how to, like, can you tell that I'm, like, struggling to, like, put into words? I don't know how to explain it. I can tell a little bit just because I know you so well, yeah. and I just know how you are in conversation. <laughs> it's also hot, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, That's why I'm fucking sweating. But, I'm drinking hot tea. But it's mm-hmm. like... You know, I think it's it's weird reflecting on these kinds of things, too, especially times that you, whether it was intentionally or not, have kind of tried to push down. Because, mm-hmm. like, even when I think about when I was really sick and when I was really struggling and, like, completely isolated, like, even just my memory in general, very patchy. Oh, absolutely. No sense of time, no sense of anything. It. And it's like you know, comes back now and then. But like even talking about it, I struggle to think about what did I do? What happened? What did I even feel like? Because I don't really remember the feeling, but I remember like the thought of the feeling. That's exactly how I feel about fall semester. Yeah. And I can't figure out, do you think it's like repression? Because it was just a painful time? Yeah, I don't know. Is it mental illness? Because I feel like it would be similar for the two of us. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're both in that same boat of kind of being like, what the fuck is it? I I don't don't understand. I've had 18, 19 (laughs) years to figure it out and I still have not. Yeah, it's it definitely feels, especially fall semester, when I look back on that time, it feels fake. It kind of just feels, yeah, like you remember the feeling, yeah. but it doesn't feel like something that actually happened. Right. Which I don't know if that's just my memory being bad or if it's like my brain trying to process the like, it was like trauma. The stuff yeah. that I was dealing with, like with my mental illness, it was traumatic even my therapist was like yeah this is not good and yeah i was like yeah thanks jenny um <laughs> we love her <laughs> oh, we do. she's the best she, she i is. swear to god she saved my life she's i know me too she's like i don't know where i would be without that yeah. woman Pro- literally dead probably like, not a, to sound crass but no i mean look it's the truth it's the reality of dealing with mental illness yeah too. totally she i it was so fucked up i 
that was the first time in my life that I've ever felt like I genuinely don't know if I can make it through what's happening right now. Um, And it even like, this is so crazy. I used to be a person who was like super scientific. Like I didn't really have a belief system or anything. Mm -hmm. Even I was raised as a Hindu, but my parents knew I wasn't like religious or anything. I was kind of just like a, yeah, you live and then you die Mm -hmm. and that's it. I was at such a low in my life that I had like a spiritual awakening. I was, I was going to bring that up because I definitely feel like that's been a big thing for you. Huge, massive, like life altering. But I, and that also is something that can make you feel insane. Yeah. I had this complex because it was so like aggressive at that time that I thought I was like literally losing it, especially because I, that one weed induced panic attack that I had, mm-hmm. which I think I even talked about in the last episode. I think you might have. I can't even remember at this my, point. Yeah. I think it was like July of last year. So mm-hmm. I probably did talk about it. Um, I had this complex where I was like, I am fully losing it. Like put me in a straight jacket. Yeah. Like this is just my, I'm just going to be like a sob story. Like, and I think this that's is just going to be my life for you. Yeah. Especially before. Not as much now. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Because, you know, I'm, like, mentally stable. <laughs> Not something I could say last fall. Right. Um, but so I just remember, like, and, like all these new beliefs arising in me. And I was like, I'm fucking insane. Yeah. Like, this is a crazy person in my brain right now. Like, this is, like, who? I started to believe in, like, I don't even, what's an example of, like, I never used to believe in, like, karmic cycles or mm-hmm. reincarnation or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, wait a second, wait a second, this feels right, but also, am I losing it? Yeah. it's. I think it's a very common feeling for empaths and, like, spiritual people. Do you think you turn to it as sort of a... Coping. Yeah, like, just sort of a way to kind <laughs> totally. of process what you were dealing with. Absolutely. But then it seems like it also, like, initially kind of made you question yep. reality and stuff even more. It was both. It yeah. was both. Um, yeah, that was one thing. I was having a really hard time. I lost my grip on reality for a mm-hmm. while, so that was scary, and that kind of exacerbated it. Mm-hmm. But my Sorry. idea... No, it's okay. <laughs> I just Sorry, something. we're just playing footsie. We're playing the table. footsie. What can we say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> my belief at that time was like, I don't know how to navigate this without believing that it's taking me somewhere because if I'm suffering like this for no reason like that just I like can't live with yeah. I just could not wrap my head around that yeah so I was like this has to be taking me somewhere this has to be happening to me for a reason mm-hmm. and that's kind of what got the ball rolling yeah I was like, getting you through stuff yeah things happen to you for a reason and like as shitty as it felt I just kind of hold like was holding on to that belief. Of, yeah. Like, there's a reason this is happening, which I believe that there was. Um, so that was the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of all over the place. No, today. that's fine. You're completely fine. I haven't like verbalized much about. I know. Last, it's even like hard to talk about. It was really. <laughs> it was. It was a really traumatic time for you. Yeah. Not great. Seriously. And like, it's good, though, that you can acknowledge that. Because I think a lot of people have trouble even like naming that and, you know, recognizing it. Yeah. But Jenny's like, Mm-mm, let me tell Jenny's you what like, it is. I'm going to tell you, tell it like it is. <laughs> exactly. Do okay. you think like, you know, obviously this period was just really, really difficult for you and you've made such huge strides since then. Yeah. And as you said, like are stable now. But, you know, I at least for me, I found that it's really hard to 
I don't know, almost be kind to myself when I'm still, when I'm kind of going back to that, you know, depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and things kind of hitting hard again because I'm like, well, well, I made it through like this really low point Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I almost like guilt myself or just like don't feel as valid just still dealing with it. It's almost like, oh, I should have like climbed the mountain. I made it over. I should be, you know, easy, smooth ride now, but it's not. And so it feels weird to have that be dealing with stuff again. Does that happen when it like pops up for you? I understand. Totally. It's kind of, it's a two-sided coin because- on one hand, I'm like, well, I've been through worse and mm-hmm. came out the other side. And at least I know that it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, this shouldn't be as painful as it is, given right. what's already happened. Yeah. Like, you always feel like it'll get easier, which to an extent it does. Like, the more coping skills and stuff you have and mm-hmm. the, the more self-aware you are, it does get easier. But it's never, like, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Like, we even had a conversation a couple oh, yeah. days ago. Both of us have just been kind of in a funk totally and that was really scary because that was kind of the first time that i had felt feelings of depression Mm -hmm. since like last december when i started to stabilize um and that was really scary because i don't know does it happen to you where you're like i never ever 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 want to be back in that place oh yeah like that is a terrifying thing to experience i for so for months my biggest fear was like I'm just going to break and, like, kill myself yeah. one night. Like, I didn't – it was so – it was such a weird thing. Cause well, I was you're, like, like, teetering on this edge. And yeah. you don't know. You're, like, a gust of wind will come blow me totally. off and I won't have any control over and it. And when you're not feeling, like, in control of your own brain and, like, just of yourself, it's scary to think that, like, you might not even want to do anything drastic, but you're just, right. like, not – you're not in the driver's seat. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> it's really scary. I had this belief. This sounds so bad. But I had this belief at that time, which I honestly think was helpful at the time. Looking back, it's really fucked up. But I kept telling myself, like, if you attempt, if you try to kill yourself, mm-hmm. you are a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be failing yourself. You'll be failing your family. You'll be failing your therapist who has worked so hard on you. You'll be failing everyone and you'll be a coward. And that's all you'll be. Which is bad. You should never <laughs> speak to yourself that way. Right. Um, especially when you're in a place that fragile. But at the time, that was like a... That and mom would be sad were the two yeah. things that I was like, all right, we're just going to keep... Uh, huh. Right. We're just going to keep toughing this out. <laughs> it is interesting, though, that like paradox of almost using... Like even when you're in that place of like literally feeling the shittiest possible yeah. of using like negative self-talk to get out of it like even like I remember being that place and I've definitely said this before too but I remember being like if you know like you're really shitty to myself like you're a really shitty person you're bad you're this and you don't deserve to want to live for yourself but you can do things for other people like you know that you can help other people and so you need to get out of this and like live for them like even in my head I still wasn't able to be like oh I'm worth enough to even be worthy of living you know what i mean it was like it still had to there had to be some external like justification and not Mm. just like that i was good enough yeah mine was kind of in the same vein yeah because i kept telling myself like even if you go the rest of your life as a certified crazy person like institutionalized like the whole thing Mm -hmm. 
you still have an obligation to the people who love you, mm-hmm. which is a really harsh way to talk to yourself. Very, especially I, in that state, you yeah, know? And I worry about the people listening. I'm like, I really don't want anyone to internalize this because no. it's like a fucked up way to think. But that definitely, as sad as it sounds, like it really helps. Like yeah. I just could not stop thinking about my mom. And like my mom is one of the most tumultuous relationships <laughs> I have, but she's my mom. Right. And like... Her kids are her life. I can't take that away from her. I have no right to do that to her. So I just kept going. Mm-hmm. And like my dog, he wouldn't understand. Right. My brother, he, like, what would he do? He's 22. He, yeah. How would he live the rest of his life? That's yeah, just it would not, change it forever. I used to tell myself that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care how sad you are. I don't care how badly you want to be not in this world. Mm-hmm. You need to stay like for mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. It's it really is such an interesting an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> like you're literally at your lowest and you're still like, you fucking suck, but you need to do it for yeah. others, you know? I think it's kinda like a self fulfilling cycle too. Definitely. The more you speak to yourself that way, the harder it is to you know, kind of get out of there. Totally. It like keeps you in that low place in a way, but, but it's it, also what keeps you from yeah, going over the edge fully. It works in the ways that it needs to. It's very, there's so many layers It's to like it. alcohol in a way Seriously? where it's like it works oh. in the moment and it keeps you there, but then you're trapped in this little cycle of then you rely on that as your coping mechanism. That's a good and, way to put it. I don't know. It just came to me. Yeah. Wow. But then I'm going to think of 20 <laughs> ways where it's not. And then I'm going to be like, oh my God, that was so stupid. Casey, it sounded great. <laughs> Thanks. I can tell you with confidence. But yeah, it's definitely like, I think too, when it when it starts coming back and, you know, I've, I've definitely had like experiences since, you know, being like really suicidal and being at my lowest, lowest points mm-hmm. where you know, you, you feel it coming on again in a weird way and you like know that you're kind of slipping, but it's like, you're just diving into this, like someone, it's like someone's pushing you into this like water slide where you're like looking down and it's just fucking dark and you don't know how long the tunnel is or what you're going to be on the other side or if you're going to get out. Like it's that like panic feeling of like, I can't see anything. I'm yep. not the one controlling this. Things are happening. And like, what how long next? is this going to last? Exactly. How bad is it going to be? I no totally idea. get it. You have no clue. And it's like. And you try so hard to yeah. like push it away and it just doesn't yeah. work. And yeah, we were literally talking about this the other day. A couple and days about ago. How it's like, you know, I've been super, super low energy recently. Mm-hmm. Like thankfully, you know, the medication I'm on and where I'm at there is not, has helped me stay away from like a lot of the negative thoughts which is really helpful yeah but just in terms of like how depression like affects me physically it's like i have no energy at all i do not want to get out of bed i do not want to move i don't want to shower i don't want to like clean my room if you saw my room right now you it's so (laughs) gross like just you know things where my personality wants to do it and like that Casey wants to do it but like the Casey living in my body is like um no that's not gonna happen and it's just it's weird and it's weird thinking like I'm about to go off to school is this gonna keep happening there what's it gonna look like you never know I had a very similar experience I Mm -hmm. think we're just like you're about to leave and you're you don't have like your mental sorted out yeah and it's really scary I understand Mm mm-hmm and how's your, like, anxiety and stuff been recently, too? Because I know that that's definitely, like, a big mm. part of your life, too. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> I don't bro. even... I don't even... It's, like... Uh, it's just, like, fine. 
you mm. know, like I'm just tired. Yeah. I don't know. Therapy has been really helpful. It's kind of hard to, I know you'll be able to relate to this too. It's kind of hard to look at it and talk about it objectively. Oh yeah. Because it just permeates every sphere of your life in mm. such a big way that you're like, if I don't know who I am or what I am without this, how am I supposed to talk about it like it's separate from me? Right. Yeah. Because it's like this labeled like condition that's almost like someone, I don't know, it's like someone's putting it on you, but you're like, no, this is like me. Like, this is what I live. I live this. It's such a, it's such a interesting journey to try and, I worked on this a lot in therapy where it's like you learn how to separate your anxious thoughts from your actual thoughts Mm -hmm. which made me feel even crazier because it was like so now there's two people living in my brain yeah like that's and jenny literally was like yeah and i was like are you fucking insane (laughs) am i fucking insane like that's that's insane yeah she was like i don't know i don't know what to tell you like this is like thanks um it's it's a weird scary place man it just likes to surprise me yeah too like it just keeps things fresh you know, like, recently it's been, like, intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Those are so fun. And then, like, you have an intrusive thought, and then everything you see that reminds you of that intrusive thought is, like, triggering, and mm-hmm. you just can't escape. It's so fun. It's so <laughs> it's so fun. So great. I've never, yeah, I also was never medicated, like, yeah. even last fall. I wanted to be. I saw a psychiatrist who ended up, like, not even contacting me back. Uh, Super unprofessional. Fuck? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, But I never ended up being medicated, so I just had to... Anxiety is unique in that Mm. a lot of people listening are going to want to, like, gut punch me when I say this. Anxiety, a lot of it can be remedied by changing your thinking patterns. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I'm the bad guy (laughs) for saying that. You don't have to apologize. As someone who, like, firsthand had to do that to, like, you know, live. Yeah. It works. Right. I don't know how to explain it. It's you just have to look at. It's like mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is about like taking a step back and being able to observe your thoughts as they pass without observing without judgment. Like right. that's the saying. It's like you need to be able to experience your thoughts without always identifying with them, which can make you feel insane because yeah. it sounds insane. But. It's, I don't know, it's helpful. Obviously, it doesn't make it go away. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things about my anxiety that I can now cope with in a much healthier way. On a day-to-day basis, I can mitigate a lot of my irrational anxieties because I can be like, I know what this is, and it's not, like, real. Yeah. There are still some things about it it also just like likes i said this earlier it likes to throw new things at me every now and then so I'm it's like, keeping it fresh well here's it is. something that i don't know how to cope with yeah <laughs> i'll bring that up in therapy and i know we haven't talked about this a lot too because it's not really something that i experience but i know that you've mentioned before um dealing with like dissociation and like derealization and <laughs> what that kind of like looks like for you and if you want to like broadly define kind of those terms <laughs> So, Jenny was always very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Insistent that I don't use the word dissociation Mm. because that wasn't really what I was experiencing. Dissociation is like a complete, like, you just lose your grip. Like, totally, which I never fully did. 
I had, I experienced a lot of this thing called derealization. Oh yeah, big thing that happened last fall that I just totally forgot to mention because it's so far repressed. Yeah. I had this massive existential crisis, which I think is common for college students. But for me, it wasn't just being able to think about it and like, you know, be like, wow, it's cool. Like, I wonder what our purpose is. For me, it was like debilitating. Yeah. Like terrifying like I can't sleep I can't move I'm panicking I'm frozen it's bad because especially those feelings of like not knowing why you're alive combined with not wanting to be alive yeah that's dangerous that's a deadly cocktail (laughs) it's very dangerous it's very scary so and that was another reason why I was kind of brought to my spirituality slash religiousness yeah um yeah I'm back to being a Hindu wow full circle full circle (laughs) um but you seem a lot, you know, it's like, it's like, it's different in a way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's just like a label slapped on you now. It's like a label you identify oh, with. Oh, totally. And I'm also way happier having a belief system than I yeah. was with that one. But derealization, how do I explain this? It's kind of, the way I always explained it to my therapist was like, it felt like there was a veil between me and the rest of the world. And there were times where I couldn't tell well, I always knew that I was awake, but it felt like I was dreaming. Mm. And it kind of just felt like everything around me was fake. Like, I don't know. I don't really know how to... No, I think that's a good way. I think that's a good way to describe it. It can be really scary and really disorienting and confusing because sometimes, like, I know, like, everyone gets in those weird, like, moods where you're really sleep deprived and you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm dreaming. Which is, like, kind of funny and cool, but this is, like... This is so different. It's, like... Like, I just had no understanding of, like, the world and, like, how anything worked and, like, what... Like, it sounds... I knew what was real and what wasn't, but it felt like everything that I knew to be real wasn't. Yeah. I sound insane. You don't. (laughs) This is so interesting to me, though, too, because I feel like that's almost, like, your biggest fear. Like, not... I'm not... You know, it totally might not be, and this is me just, like, projecting and stuff, but the number of times too after you say things after you think things where you're like i sound insane or i thought i was going insane or this and this and this i feel like that's a very like prominent thought in your head of like very big does this come off as insane am i insane oh yeah what am i you know and so i still have moments where like if i hear a noise or like if i hear someone talking far away from me and i like can't visually pinpoint the source yeah of the noise i'll be like i'm hearing things yeah okay goodbye that's it i'm done why do you think you're so afraid of being insane i think it's a combination of feeling like i was Mm -hmm. and how scary that was Mm -hmm. and also i have really bad control anxiety i think a lot of my the more like minor like day-to-day ways that my anxiety manifests is just a result of this big umbrella of control anxiety. So I think one of the ways in which I'm most fearful of losing control is like, you know, not even being in control of my own mind. Yeah. That's really scary to think about. And when you feel like you've already been there, you don't want to go back. Mm -mm. (laughs) And so, and like, I know, like now I'm in a place where I can be like, that's just, I have an anxiety disorder that can get really aggressive 
but I don't need to be put in like an institution. I'm like knocking on wood, like, please God, like. <laughs> I will not let that happen to you, Thanks. I promise. <laughs> Manifest good things for me, please. Yeah. Um, I know it's not true. Like, I know that, which is why it's less of a, like, thing that, like, really will, like, paralyze me with fear. <laughs> and something that I can actually, like, talk about and vocalize. But it's still, like, it's really scary. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really afraid of not being in ownership of my own life. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, I didn't think I would be. Yeah. I really was just like, all right, just turned 18. This is it for me. Which is crazy. But, like, look that, look at the fact that, like, you're here. You yeah, know what I mean? That's pretty cool. Another <laughs> year. Another year under your belt. And, like, even just how, you know, yeah, you hit a low that you'd never hit before, un, you know, undeniably. But you're at this point that's higher up, so to speak, than you were last year when we recorded before you'd hit that point you know what I mean it doesn't mean the problems aren't still there for sure but like I hope you can just recognize with yourself how far you've come there thanks girl that means a lot especially coming from you badass you kidding me I love you you know how much respect I have for you and just like it's mutual and like seriously though like in general like it's funny too even in our little friend group chat when they're texting about hanging out or whatever and we're both kind of just like I'm going to pass tonight. I'm going to sit this one out. Sending love. (laughs) Sending love and hugs. Just had a panic attack in the shower. Yeah, Um, pretty much. Too depressed to move. What's up? Like, we're just, you know. (laughs) The thing is, like, (sighs) the thing about our friend group, too, is, like, there's just an understanding there. Because we're all, like, fucked in in our own fun little ways. So there's just kind of a, if someone hits us with the, yeah, I'm, like, super depressed, not coming, we'll Mm -hmm. be like, Okay, do you want us yeah. to bake cookies? Like, okay, if we can, can we help, do anything, if there's, we can help, we will. But yeah. if you want us to leave you alone, we will. There's never like a. That's one thing that I really admire and appreciate mm-hmm. about our friends is there's never any sort of frustration around that because I yeah. think with people, the neurotypicals, <laughs> you know, them the, folks. you know the ones. <laughs> I think there can be a lot of like resentment that builds because there's just a lack of not even a lack of empathy but a lack of understanding right. of what someone's going through which is something that I don't feel with our friends, which yeah. is awesome. I mean, it's Such sad that all of our friends are messed up <laughs> enough that they understand how it feels to be messed up, but... But we're the little, you know, little island of misfit toys. I love and it. We, it's, it's perfect because I love of us. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's what makes it good. Yeah. And, you know, I know, too, that you've had, obviously, just so many, like, strides and stuff in this past year, but... Do you think, like, have there been other issues that you've dealt with, too, in terms of, like, recent events, even in our town, and (laughs) navigating that? So where are you kind of, where's your head been with that? 2020 has been so transformative. Mm -hmm. It's been quite a year. I think I speak for most people when I say that. Yeah. January, me, and August, me, are, like, sun and moon. We are not the same. I, so... In terms of myself, I've grown in a very positive direction, which is really nice to say. I was already confident, but I've built way more confidence. I've started to reconnect with my culture after spending four years at a high school that celebrates whiteness. Yeah. Um, I, you know, am more in tune with spirituality and my religion than I ever have been. It's great. I'm really vibing with me right now as much as, 
you know, we're a little, sometimes I'm not nice to myself, but we do what we can. Mm -hmm. The world around me, though, it makes it very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Very hard to, like, enjoy (laughs) this newfound, like, peace with myself because everything else... Is not peace. (laughs) Fucking sucks. Yeah. I I was saying this to my family a couple weeks ago. It's actually really funny. And they, like, legitimately were concerned. And I was like, no, guys, it's okay. I'm just memeing. It's fine. Um, I'm experiencing, like, rage Mm -hmm. at the same level as I did when I was like 12 yeah. and like super pubescent and just like angry Hormones at everything. Raging. Yeah. It's that level of anger, but this yeah. time it's justified. Yeah. Which is, I don't know how to, like, what is a, an outlet for that that's actually yeah. like productive? And that too, there's just such a feeling of hopelessness because it's like, I will sign petitions until my fingers fall off. Right. But like, what else can I, I want to do more. But yeah. like, what? And you, Oh my god I admire you for so many reasons but you're just such a like you are someone who never ever fails to step up to the plate you just like take things upon yourself to like really make real change happen and I admire that so much but at the same time I know how much it can like it's taxing you know really I've seen you be like drained drained I've definitely I was even gonna say you know even in these past few weeks I feel like I feel this guilt almost because I feel like I I burned out a little bit. I definitely did. And I, you know, whether that was like keeping up with like certain group chats where we're trying to plan some stuff or figure stuff out. And it's this whole kind of battle of like, how do I, how do I deal with me and help me and keep me healthy and okay, but also not stop fighting for these things that I care so much about. And also try to start this like new chapter of my life yeah it's a lot across the country it's like i i don't know how to reconcile all of those Mm -hmm. and i don't i'm and i'm so afraid of judgment from other people and i'm so afraid of looking like i don't actually care or looking like it was fake or looking you know whatever because that's all that's shit's always in my head Mm -hmm. and and i can say it till i'm blue in the face that no one thinks of you that way (laughs) but i know how it feels like it needs to come from right from you and it's like you know I think it's also weird because I think rage I yeah I'm the same way I'm like I haven't experienced this kind of rage in a very long time also it's weird and I don't yeah I don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. I don't know how to channel it and I also think even feeling that is like stigmatized in a way where especially especially women totally we don't get to be upset you know what I mean? And, like, with the level of privilege that we had, like, yeah, mm-hmm. am I, like, a like a queer woman of color? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm still privileged in ways that I can't even, like, wrap my head around. So I feel, and I know that this is, like, you too, like, there's guilt in yeah. that. Like, I'm tired, and I feel really burnt out, and I'm very, like, sad, but I have it so much better than so many people, and I have right. no right to feel like that. Like, I'm the person who should be fighting for the people who have the right to feel like that. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's just hard place to be. Cuz at the same time though, it's like if you slip too far, you can't help the you can't help those people at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you go too far, you're not going to be able to help anyone else. Yeah. But like where it's the Where's hard, the line? The distinction is hard to draw. Yeah. The line is hard to find, definitely. It's a weird world. 
I'm so confused. Yeah. By everything. I, I just, feel like you can hear it in both of our voices, too. I this know. whole thing. We're just, just like, like, what the uh, fuck is this? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just tiring. Yeah. It's all... I know. That's... I Like, just exhaustion, I would say, is the word of... And just... The word of the time right sad. now. Sad. Like, yeah. I'm just sad. And yeah. angry all the time. And I don't know what to do with it yeah that's the thing you know what i do with it is because i know you and i are the same too Mm -hmm. we struggle to like be emotional about things that are real so what i do is i cry over like fucking like shows that i'm watching yep literally me crying for like 20 minutes after finishing the legend of Korra. like please (laughs) bitch get a grip (laughs) no that's me i i can't cry at like the saddest shit So I'm like, let me induce it. And I fucking, I don't know why this is my thing too, but you know, we can talk about the military industrial complex all day, but I fucking love the videos of like veterans coming home <laughs> and to like their dogs or their kids Literally. or their spouses. I, I think that's I pr- what gets me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I cried for George Floyd. And then after that, I was like, all right, all right, let's pick it up. We got work yeah. to do. Like, Pack up the emotions. We don't almost. have time for this. Right. Like, yeah. You have no right. That's the hard part because it's like at the end of the day, like we're fucking human. We're human. We feel emotions. We have all these things, but we also do come from such a place of privilege that it's like, how do we channel, channel those emotions? Because we have the right to feel them, but how do we channel them into a way that's productive and into a way that isn't just self-serving, you know, that's looking at the greater picture of like, yes, I'm sad and I'm angry, but what can I do with that to make a difference? to do something you know fucking switch things up and i'm afraid of even like vocalizing that because i don't want to sound like a karen yeah you know i I get that just like oh my god so much it's just so intense yeah i'm so tired and it's like and i think there's a difference though between like being tired and then quitting versus being tired acknowledging that you're tired and acknowledging that people of color and especially black people in this country have been tired for fucking decades centuries yeah but also recognizing that, yeah, you are tired, but you're not going to stop. Yeah. And that's okay that yeah. you're tired, but don't Taking let your, that be the end. Take your self-care moment and right. then, like, let's just keep going. Right. Put the pause on and then... Fighting the good fight. Go back. Yeah. Shit's not over yet. No, it's fucking so not. So... Yeah, it's so, so not. Oh, it. my God. Even just at home. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Within the household, man. In the town. Yeah. Some of the people, like, goddamn. I know. I, I mean, just, we were at that protest the other day, and there were whew. just, like, hecklers on the sides and stuff. And you're just yeah. like, what are people, you doing? We were, Case and I were at a protest, I think it was last weekend. Yeah. And we were, you know, marching around town, as you do. And these guys came out wearing their Blue Lives Matters, Blue Lives Matter, sorry, <laughs> I can't speak English. Blue Lives Matter shirts, like, on purpose. They chose mm-hmm. this day, this time. To come out wearing their little shirts. Yeah. And they just went and, like, got food at one of the outdoor seating restaurants. And, like, oh, like, oh, such a crazy coincidence that you guys are here while we're here. Yeah. That's crazy. So funny how that worked out. So and they were, they were they started yelling at us yeah. and trying to rile people up. I know. Thank God like, for those doing? lovely men who are leading our protests. Yeah. Because they were the only reason that people stopped No, seriously. Arguing. And that's that actually in itself is a very interesting, you know, yeah. thing to analyze because they totally. were black men who were organized, who 
So the two girls from our high school were the main organizers. Badasses. Badasses. You guys are awesome. Yeah. And this group, they're called the Hood Squad. You can find them on Instagram at T-H-A Hood Squad. Um, But they're like a community-based organization and they feed, they like grow their own food and work with like the homeless and are just like an amazing amazing organization. And there, I think there were one or two women, but they're mostly guys and they're black. And even just like the presence of them and like what they look like, quote unquote, you could tell that that affected people who were on on the sidelines, you yeah. know, who were watching. And yeah. you could tell that that their presence in itself get like gave them a different opinion about yeah. what we were doing. Like I felt like it made them think that it was more threatening or more whatever. Which is which is bullshit. So I I just don't I try sometimes to like understand how that thought process works mm-hmm. in people's brains and I just can't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. But no. these wonderful men who made us feel so safe and they like really they organized it so well. Amazing. Like we didn't have to do anything. They were yeah. like, here's what we're gonna do, here's where we're gonna go. All right, let's move out. And yeah. I was like, wow. And I'm glad that we had them because the police presence so in our town is so overwhelming 100%. sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are unnecessary. Yeah. This doesn't need to be happening. Yeah, it was nice to have them there. And it was very interesting to see because this protest was mostly kids, mm-hmm. you know, our age, high school kids, a couple of adults. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think there was, or maybe there were a couple of like younger black people in mm-hmm. the crowd, like protesting, not yeah. the organizers. And those those of us not even, I don't even think you or I stopped to like engage with those guys, but there were people who stopped to like, you know, argue. Yeah. And it was interesting to see the black leaders of our protest be like, you know what? They're not worth it. Yeah. Just fuck keep them. walking. Keep going. They're not worth it. Because I, I, it's just so like huge. Yeah. I don't know. I just could never. To hold, to have the like, just like the restraint even yeah. and like the courage to just be like, I'm going to look the other way. I'm just going to keep going to do like, my thing. Look Put your chin into up. the eyes of the yeah. people who have a blatant disregard for your life and yeah. be like, you're just not worth it. Right. I cannot wrap my head around no. how much like mental fortitude that takes. Oh, yeah. I just could never. I don't know if I'm just an angry person. Like no, a temperamental I'm, I'm person, in the same boat. But I would throw hands. <laughs> I know. I don't know how. It's just. And I think it just goes to show like, I don't know. Like for us, this is all new. But for them, like that's just life. It's life. It is like they've it been is. dealing with those types of people since they came out yeah. of the womb. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, how has kind of like, obviously, like this time being home has been a fucking shit show, <laughs> especially just because, you know, not only world events, but our town in particular, too. Yeah. A lot just happening. But Dude. how has it felt, you know, like just being home in general? Because, you know, college, you wanted to be home. Totally. And now you're home. And now what's that like? It's honestly, it's really nice. Mm -hmm. My strongest friendships are here. And, you know, living with your parents, as frustrating as it can get. I like living with mine. Yeah. Like 85% of the time. I like my (laughs) room. I like my house. I like my dog. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have any qualms with living at home. I'm staying home for all of next semester, which, thank God, I like living here. Because that would suck. Right. It's been good. 
it was also nice to be able to like come home and recuperate Mm -hmm. in a place where I felt like safe and supported after a earth shattering year (laughs) personally and globally (laughs) but also yeah (laughs) Um, yeah it was it was a tough year I spent the entire year wanting to be home and I mean as much as I wish the circumstances were different yeah you know wish granted I guess right in its own special little way it's been nice being here I'm very fed up with the town mm-hmm. it's almost like I like being home but I wish home were somewhere else like I just want to take my family and my friends and pack us up and move somewhere different yeah because Los Gatos especially as a person of color is exhausting mm-hmm. just on a day-to-day basis like I wake up every morning here and I'm like god damn and it's like I don't even interact with the town half the time it's just like something about living here like drains my life force yeah it's like a weight in the air yeah i don't know if it's all the like mental associations that i have with my experience in high school or you know just even like knowing not even having to interact but knowing the type of people that live here Mm -hmm. i don't know you know this about me but i'm someone who i kind of absorb like the energy of the environment that i'm in Mm -hmm. i internalize everything even if i don't want to and so it can be very very tiring to be here (laughs) bittersweet that's the word i would use Uh, you win some you lose some i'm very thankful that i was able to come here and like you know like mentally i'm doing fine right even though i've been kind of in my little funk like yeah it's all relative yeah yeah my frame of Mm -hmm. reference now is like as long as I'm, like, stable, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, because I think there's a difference between stability, you know, like, whether you're mentally stable or unstable, and just going through it. Just dealing yeah, happiness. With, yeah, and, like, yeah. yeah, dealing with, like, the daily ins and outs of mental illness. Yeah, totally. And after last fall, stability is all I really am going for. Right. Which sounds, you know... A little, a little depressing. <laughs> but I think a lot of people who deal with stuff like that understand yeah. that. And in concept. a way, it's kind of a blessing because I'm grateful even for the bad days. Yeah. As long as they're not that bad. That bad. Right. It's kind of nice having the bar set, like, decently so low. So low. Same know? with men. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't even get me started on men. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> even the bar, like, when the bar is low, it's mm-hmm. hard to not be pleased. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just like you're, you don't have to do a whole lot to make yourself proud or like be above expectations. And it's like, I know this is kind of unique to me. I know a lot of people with like depression and depressive tendencies can't really do this, but my way of coping with like a depressed, not even like, I, I hesitate to use the word depression because it's so heavy, like depressive state is Mm -hmm. what i'll use because it's not full-fledged depression a lot of the time for me my way out of that is first of all first and foremost exercise is like the one of the main things that helps. (laughs) which we literally talked about the other day of how i have not moved that was my first time exercising in so long because i was like from what i've gathered this is the only thing that'll make me feel even a little bit better sorry i just kicked you again or even at school having a gym was like a lifesaver right because it ended up being a much healthier crutch than the one that i used to have so yeah it's i mean it really is like nature's cure totally and even me i'm like i can't even do it i totally just lost my train of thought we talked about we started talking about men and then you started talking about yeah exercise depressive state 
doing your, that. What was the question? I don't even remember, honest um, to God. Something about how exercise helps. Oh, I was saying how for me now, even on the bad days, there is a routine that I have. There are things um, that I know that I can do that'll help. Whereas with totally just going off the rails, like mentally unstable, mm-hmm. that's just kind of something that you have to tough out. Yeah. Like no, there isn't so really much you can do in the moment. Yeah. To make that better, which sucks. You're just like a fucking freight train just Literally, going. Just and... like, I'm just going to sit here and wait for my chemicals to balance themselves yeah. again. And hope that they do. Apparently, I'm not driving the bus yeah. anymore. No. So. It's it's so, it's such a weird thing to describe, too. And like, in, in all of this, you know, we have these discussions all the time. All the time. And I love it. I do, too. And it's like, it's it's kind of the only way to sort of process this at least for us yeah like you know there's some people who don't don't enjoy talking about it don't feel comfortable talking about it don't really get a lot out of talking about it and that's you know to each their own Mm -hmm. but for us i think it is that thing where it's like if you can verbalize it like you process it like while you're talking about it and what it feels like and because it's i i think there are people too who just don't don't really understand it and that's fine yeah You, you can't you can't in a lot of ways if mm-hmm. you don't experience it. Yeah. But I think it is just kind of like putting it out there so that, first of all, you With know. With people who can empathize right. too. Right, exactly. And people who don't judge. Yeah. Because I think judgment too is a big thing. And it's so a big scary. like fear with, for most people who deal with mental oh, health yeah. issues is like fear of judgment, fear of just the stigma around it. And fear of even like my family we have barely scratched the surface of everything that happened yeah because you worry about the people who love you like you don't want to stress them out yeah you don't want to hurt people you care about yeah they were already like so like when i was coming home every other weekend they were like is this like really bad and i was like well it's not great but you know i'm fine i'm doing okay (laughs) i'm okay (laughs) yeah it's it's a painful thing to hurt yeah to feel like you're hurting people around you yeah it's just like i'm just so thankful for you and for our friends for that exact reason it's almost harder for me to connect with other people now because you guys have set the bar so high for like (laughs) you know vulnerability and openness like you guys have taught me so much about being vulnerable with the right people Mm -hmm. and how good it can feel yeah so it's hard sometimes when i meet someone and i'm like yeah like we vibe but But you're not casey what can i say (laughs) but yeah i think i think that's so true and i'm i'm nervous about that for school because i'm like am i going to be able to get to this level with the people i meet and i i have hope that i will yeah but there's that fear of like what if i don't and what i i hate superficial shit i hate it oh god i know so it's like can i I get past it but i I think the thing about you is that you kind of are like a chameleon in my eyes where it's like you have your niche and you have your Mm -hmm. things that you like but you also can like establish yourself pretty much anywhere uh-huh. like i'm not even just saying that this because you're one of my close friends <laughs> but i genuinely think people are drawn to you you're very like you kind of just have this aura about you that like makes people feel safe and i think especially in college people are really going to be looking for that because there's just like hardly any sense of security when you first get there Thank as you, much baby. as the superficial shit sucks at the beginning especially at a school like where you're going Mm -hmm. i think i would be surprised if you didn't like find your people yeah you know what i mean in a city that big right it's definitely kind of what i'm hoping for too you got this girl thanks baby i'm proud of you i'm proud of you too thank you like you know this year 
wild fucking ride totally. to say the least <laughs> what do you think you know if you had to take something away from it in terms of like how you've grown and all this stuff what do you think it would be and do you even have you know because i know you i probably asked you last time of like advice you had for your younger self and now it's like advice you have for one year ago you or like something you learned too advice for one year ago me um I think it would be something along the lines of don't underestimate your strength, mm. which sounds really cheesy. I love it. It's what I, I love the cheesy ones. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's what a lot of people in that position need to hear. Right. Like you are capable of getting through more than you realize. Even like my approach for a while was just like I'm taking this day by day. Like tomorrow is going to be a new day. Like we'll try again. I just need to keep going. Right. Um, also like. I don't know if this is just me and my, like, wacky beliefs, but, like, things do happen for a reason. Like, I wouldn't be the person that I am now without everything that I went through. And, like, I love me, you know? I love you, too. Thanks! <laughs> I love you! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to reach a place of, like, this level of, like, self-love and self-acceptance. Even, it's kind of to a fault sometimes. Like, I really think I'm the shit... <laughs> because you are and you should oh, there is no two of fault with that my ego like this hey we're case. just going back and forth honestly <laughs> know, it's, it's a compliment battle but um i don't know i it's hard to say it's just just take things as they come mm-hmm. things no matter like what <laughs> it's like my little tattoo like no matter what phase yes. you're in you can always count on the fact that it'll pass and I that there will be a new one. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. But whatever it is, it'll pass. That's so true. Dude, thank you for doing a of little catch-up. Of course. I feel like Oprah doing Where so, Are You Now? I know. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I feel like I wasn't very concise about a lot of things. Bro, this Sorry, podcast everyone. is not for being concise. Yeah. And anyone who expects that Word probably would have stopped listening <laughs> many episodes ago. It's Yeah, I don't even think I've ever really had the chance. Except for with oh, Jenny. Love Jenny. that woman. Jenny Howe Consulting. Check her out. Yeah. She's great. Except for with her, I've never really, like, vocalized or, like, talked about it to the extent that I did. And there's so much mm-hmm. that I missed, too. Just kind of general idea. You know, right. we only have, like, an hour. Right. <laughs> love you, girl. I love much you, Much love. Thank Can't you wait to see what you me. do.